When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. You guys, welcome to an all-new So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Thursday episode. I didn't release a Wednesday episode because I released a Sunday episode, so you had Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then I knew I was driving back to LA last night, and I had to wake up early to do the Jeff Lewis Live after show. So I listen. I was try, I was like, oh, maybe I'll put out this interview I had, but it just I got in. I was exhausted. I haven't been sleeping well, and so I just uh, not really took the day off because I'm not even required to do one. But I always feel guilty. So I guess I'm sorry, not sorry. Anyways, we've got a whole new episode today. We're we're gonna do a full recap of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, the episode from uh, Tuesday night. <laughs> we there are some iconic scenes like as a whole i feel like it was a little bit of a filler episode but had some amazing scenes of course the whitney stuff was really heartbreaking in regards to losing her best friend we'll talk about all that but i want to talk about a lot of pop culture stories if you don't mind before we do that so remember there's timestamps. if you want to skip right to where the recap starts no harm no foul i probably won't even know about it so also I want to thank all of you guys for uh, uh, the Spotify wrap. Your your Spotify year end list came out today. And uh, I got so many of them, so many I haven't even opened yet that I it, it's really amazing to see that I've made your top five or your top three or your number one. Uh, I don't know how to handle things, things that are awesome, <laughs> things that are really awesome. Uh, but man, I, I, I think I'm going to repost everybody on Instagram that did that. I think sometimes I don't, I don't do that kind of stuff as much as I should, because I feel like there's something like douchebaggery about it. Like, look at me, look at me, but man, I am proud of it. And more importantly, I just want to thank everybody that made a post that actually just took the time to even admit they listened to this podcast. I mean, this, this should be a secret. My God, you guys went out there and admitted that this is one of your favorite shows. That's huge. That is huge. And I just keep thinking about back, uh, 
four years ago. I just, I, I can't imagine it. And I don't know how to deal with that. It really screws up with, screws up my mind. It's just, it's wild because I think at the end of the day, and this isn't popular to admit is that I don't like myself. I don't like myself. Usually when somebody, I heard something bad about myself this week and I was like, first off, how dare you? But second off, yeah, I could see, yeah, I could see where you, you wouldn't like, you know, like you're like, oh, that kind of makes it because I am more negative about myself than I think anybody would ever possibly imagine. So it is one of those weird things. I don't know, man. It's weird. You guys, I really don't know why I choose to do any of this. I don't know why I chose to be an actor in the first place. I don't know because these are things that you have to like confront yourself with, or you have to put yourself out there. And I'm one of the most sensitive people that I know. So it's really, I should have picked like accounting. I don't think you can get hurt by numbers. Who knows though? Can you get, <laughs> I did a really big long division problem that still is hurt my feelings from 2017. Uh, how the heck are you guys doing? I talk to you all the time, but I still feel like I don't know how you're doing. I feel like every day it could change. I hope you're okay. The holidays, right? Um, so this is this is Wednesday right now. I'm doing this a little earlier than usual, so it'll probably be a little bit more of a bumpier podcast than most. <laughs> you're like, it's already really bumpy. No, this will be a little bit more of a bumpier podcast than most because... I am going to be winging this recap. I don't have the notes written out. We're going to be watching the show together. I've already watched it a couple times, but I haven't taken official notes. So we're going to we're going to do something where I'm watching and talking about it at the same time. So let's see how this goes. Always a lovely a lovely experience when I do that, but I have to do it early because I got invited to this uh this like dinner talk about Variety put out this 40 top women in reality television. And it's at this really fancy restaurant called Spago. And I got invited to this at like 6.30. So I got to go. So it's like 2.20 right now. I've got to do this so I don't have to work when I come back afterwards, which will probably end up happening anyways. This is just a stream of consciousness podcast, you guys. Every thought in my head is coming directly into, into your ear holes. Um, so yeah, I have to go do that. And it's one of those exciting things, but me being a glass half empty kind of guy, I'm like, Oh God, got to put on a suit. Probably not going to fit me. Great. Don't like how I look, blah, blah, blah. They're honoring Kyle Richards. They're honoring Paige DeSorbo. It's one of those things you're like, I hope they don't know who I am. I'm not, <laughs> it's just, it's amazing. It's truly amazing being in this mind. Uh, but yeah, I got, uh, drove back to uh, LA and it was, uh, you know, I think the day after I get back from Arizona is always not bittersweet. I guess I'm just real depressed today. I'm real depressed today, even though, you know, great things are happening. That Spotify wrapped is just truly amazing. Isn't that wild about us in our heads sometimes? I hope I'm not the only one that some real amazing things have happened today. And I just can't help but feel sad. I just can't help but feel sad and I feel sometimes untethered. Um, and I was really sad to leave dad, uh, which by the way, it really, man, I got to tell you, everybody responded so amazingly to his, uh, part of the podcast on Monday. I've got to bring him on more. I, I was talking to Sandra last night on the drive back and I was just saying, you know, I just don't want to ever I feel like I don't want to get to the point where we might already be there where people are like, oh, enough about the mom. We all have dead people in our lives, dude. And I get that. But I do see how it's helped me talk about it. 
And my dad, I don't think talk, talks about it enough. So to be able to have him on the podcast and talk about it, I saw how that, um, how that affected him in a positive way. And by the way, thank you to all the Patreon baddies. We did the live Patreon on Monday night and my dad popped in. I don't think he understood that people couldn't talk back to him. We were just live, but he was just really blown away by the amount of love that you guys have shown him. And I think he really needs that. And uh, it's it's one of those weird things. So yeah, I feel really sad in some ways uh, being back here, but I'll be back in Arizona in a couple of weeks like I said, we're we're done with 2023 for all intents and purposes. It's over and we're not even in December. But yeah, the drive back was uh, uneventful, just long. But, but I do want to say one thing. On the way out of town, my uh, two of my really good friends, they had a baby. And the baby, I, I, I mentioned this a couple months ago on the show. The baby was premature. So it's been in the NICU um, for a couple of months. But uh, has gained a lot, you know, gained a lot of weight. Uh, and I got to go visit the baby in the NICU. I had all my shots. It, it, it's really wild to go to the NICU. Um, and there's premature babies all in this wing of the hospital and you have to scrub in up to your elbows. And I was like, this is the cleanest I've ever been in my life. And I got to meet this beautiful, beautiful baby. This guy, I just, I was just sitting there and me and, uh, my buddy, the baby's father, we were just, I'm just staring at the baby going, this is just beautiful. This is the little, his little tiny toes. And, uh, you know, he has a little breathing apparatus on now, which will eventually, uh, I think in about a month we'll be able to get rid of. But I just, uh, I just thought, listen, someday I'm going to make you watch housewives with me. And it's, I'm going to be the weird, weird uncle that you never knew you wanted. Like, um, but it was really a beautiful experience. I got to do that on the way out of the town, way out of town. And, I just can't believe it's like, uh, this is my baby in a lot of ways, but it's amazing to see actual human life in the very beginning before any problems arise before the world gets to them. And I'm just like, man, what a wild entry into the world to be born prematurely. But also this kid's a fighter, this kid's a fighter and his parents are just amazing. And I was just so blessed to be able to go, and uh, to visit with him for the first time. And I hope that is one of many, many, many visits to to come. So <laughs> I'm a pussy. I get emotional about babies. I told you, man, my ovaries are kicking lately. We were talking on the Patreon the other night about Paris Hilton's baby, which a lot of you dum-dums are making fun of because it has a big head. I think that big head makes it even cuter. That is one of the cutest damn babies I've ever seen in my life, which by the way, Paris in Love, Paris Hilton's reality show, uh, the, the second season premieres this week where she reveals to Kathy Hilton with the baby in her arms that she had a baby. And Kathy's like, What? I thought you were Kyle. What? <laughs> I was like, oh my God. So I cannot wait to watch that. There's new new episodes that came out today of Squid Game, the reality series on Netflix that I can't wait to have time to watch because I watched the first five episodes over Thanksgiving and I thought that was great. So I watched Salt Lake City and I watched Winter House. And Winter House, what is this, episode five? or I, it, 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 didn't, uh, it didn't add much. Like, you know, there was a house party and I, I don't know, maybe it's just my mood, but the, and also this Alex guy from below deck, Danielle hooked up with, but he flirts with everybody in the house. And I don't, I just don't know if I see the charm 
but obviously he must just be so charming because everybody wants to hook up with him. But I'm just like, girls, you're doing it to yourself. Like, why are you doing this? And Danielle, did you see this today? Danielle, um, she's, uh, it, it came out that she has a relationship or like a situationship or the starting of a relationship with uh, what's his nuts from Southern Hospitality. I'm trying to find his name right now, you guys, but uh, he's one of the bartenders from Southern Hospitality, which is always like, oh, yeah, that's that's going to be great. That's going to work out real great. Um, what, what is this? I'm trying to find uh, where is the post? I don't know. But anyways, it put out it got put out today that she's dating this guy. Oh, is it Joe, Joe or something? But I think this is also weird because Southern Hospitality season two premieres like next week. So this is an interesting time for that information to get put out there. Like, I don't know if this is sometimes I don't know if these things are real or if it's just good promotion for a show. So you can go, by the way, Southern Hospitality is coming back next week. I want Danielle to be happy. I just sometimes worry about the guys that Danielle seems to be choosing but also not just that, it's just like from Winterhouse last night, Danielle seems to be then upset when she realizes she's picked the wrong guy and they're guys that are kind of fuckboys, you know? And then she's like, oh God. And then at the end of the night still goes back to him. Why do, why do women do that? Just assume we are all evil. Just assume that. And also if, if you want to just straight hook up, which I wish we could do live polls on this show, because how many women and how many men are okay with just straight up hooking up without getting emotions involved. It it seems like people will say that, but then emotions still get involved. I feel like there is no just straight hooking up for the sake of hooking up. I feel like emotions always get involved and it pains you because you're like, oh, I like Danielle. Why is she tripped up on this guy? He literally just wanted to put it in. He just wanted to hook up and he likes you, but he doesn't like you like you in fact this guy probably wouldn't like anybody he wants he's he wants to do a mass casualty event where he can sleep with as many people <laughs> as he possibly can but i feel like that's like a, a weird kind of shitty magician because in terms of bravo if you do that eventually people are wise to your act and you can't keep doing that season after season unless you're on Vanderpump rules. And then you totally can, which by the way, Vanderpump rules, they had a new teaser out today for the new season premiering in January where it showed everybody with the click, the, the, the clicker, like action, you know, it showed all of them sitting down for talking head interviews. So no real like new footage footage, but just them new footage of them sitting down for their talking head. Um, also Ariana Maddox has made it another week on dancing with the stars. Uh, there was an interesting thing. Nobody went home last night on dancing with the stars. So the bottom two couples were Ariana and Pasha and Zochi, um, from the, the Marvel movie who those are like the top contenders I feel. And they were supposedly in the bottom of bottom two couples, but then they didn't send anybody home. So Ariana survives another week. This is intense. And how much longer does this show go? Because Special Forces, by the way, on Fox, they had their season finale this past week. And I've got to tell you, I've watched every episode of Special Forces. It's a different sort of reality show. It's a little slow and meandering, but I really enjoy watching celebrities cry. I really enjoy watching. Oh, and by the way, you're going to hear some bangs during this. Somebody's on the roof right now fixing the roof. So you'll hear some bangs and stuff. So I'm sorry about that. I just... 
I had to start recording. So I'm sorry. I understand if that's annoying you. Now you're going to be listening to it or for it. Um, but yeah, special forces season finale was this week. I don't want to spoil it for you, but the final three, uh, it was, uh, the Olympian, uh, Nick Vialli from the podcast, the Vialli files and Jason Cameron or Tyler Cameron. Sorry. Tyler, Jason's from winter house, Tyler Cameron from the bachelor franchise. And, uh, they were the final three, but it was kind of like, uh, I don't know. It wasn't really any big finish for me. I thought it was going to be more exciting, but it kind of was like a, a standard episode of Special Forces. But I will say I found myself to be a Special Forces fan, so I will watch the next season of Special Forces. And I kind of like, which which celebrities would you like to see? Because I'll always now pick a couple of Bravo people, a couple of Bachelor people, and some people from... And then they'll actually pick real athletes. You had real athletes on this show. You had Tara Reid, who went home in the first week. You had Black China. I mean, you had Jojo Siwa, who I was really hoping would win. Um, the only thing that I think I would be good at in the final episode, they did like this torture thing where they made uh, a couple of people like be on their knees with their hands behind their back and on headphones, they played nonstop babies crying. And I think I would, that's the only challenge that I was like, I think I could do that. Yeah, I think I could do that. The other ones, my knee would give out immediately. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. The, the baby's crying in a headphone. I think I could totally zone out and probably even... Potentially fall asleep during that. <laughs> um, okay, let's see what else. Oh, sad news. Taylor Armstrong, 
has announced she will not be back for season 18 of Real Housewives of Orange County. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is the right move. She probably wasn't asked back, but, you know, I think it's always classy when Bravo or the production company lets them make that announcement themselves that they're not coming back. And uh, even though I did enjoy the fight about IMDb, the Internet movie database that she had um, with Heather, Miss Heather Debro, I enjoyed that very much. But I do see a world in which it's not necessary to have her back. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just don't think the show necessarily needs it. I think the same thing about Mary Cosby on Salt Lake City. I think next season, even though Mary Cosby, by the way, was at Kathy Hilton's Christmas party, which was held last night at Kathy Hilton's home. And Mary Cosby actually fucking showed up to this thing. Imagine, I mean, <laughs> Kathy, I, you know, come on, man. I need... I mean, that's my ultimate girls trip. Just Kathy Hilton and Mary Cosby. Just Kathy Hilton and Mary Cosby. That's, I don't need any other housewives. Just those two. Just being bat shit with each other. Just talking about shit. Eating caviar on potatoes. You know, just saying mean, weird stuff. Uh, misidentifying people. That's all I need. But Mary Cosby was there. And I was just like, to be a fly on the wall. To hear her have a conversation with anybody there. Because it was a who's who. You had a lot of the Salt Lake cast there. You had Sheena there. You had the D'Amelios there. You had, uh, you had, uh, Heather Dubro there. You had Freddie Mellencamp. Uh, she was interviewing people on the step and repeat for like access Holly. One of those, uh, one of those things. Uh, it just seemed to be hysterical. So that was last night. And then, uh, tonight's going to be that Spago dinner. And I'm hoping a lot of those housewives are going to be there. And hopefully I'll take you with me. I'll talk about it on the show on Friday on the Beverly Hills recap. And hopefully I'll be able to get some video as well to share with you guys. But, uh, I'm sure you saw some of those pictures. Pretty, pretty wild. Okay. What else do we got here? Hey, the banging finally stopped. I couldn't even hear myself think, which actually, is a good thing when I think about it, but uh, let's get into this recap. But before we do, uh, somebody sent me a message last night and uh, I wanted to read it because it reminds me of uh, just that there's so much going on right now. And if I can provide a laugh for anybody, uh, that's kind of what we're here to do. This is a message I got that says, please don't feel the need to respond. Wanted to, um, my dad is, uh, my dad is in hospice and I've been driving back and forth for three weeks. Uh, so I ran out of content. I saw that you posted Beverly Hills recap today and I was literally LOLing the whole way. And I really appreciated it. I'm fine. By the way, it's been a long haul. Thanks for the horrible impressions, the larva comments and the pube jokes. Uh, thank you. That message made me laugh. And, uh, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about your dad. Uh, I realize we are all going through things and I keep thinking about what my dad said on Monday's episode that really rings true in regards to our situation is that we are not special. Everybody goes through this and the more that we can support each other, I guess that's what all it's all about. Because when I think about uh, death now, you know, it's just such a black hole and you can go down a black hole in your mind if you keep thinking about it. But you know, the, the thing that I'm finding is best for me is to try to be out there and uh, be silly and to try to make myself laugh with horrible impressions and uh, tons of pubic hair jokes. I mean, that really is the only that's that's just what the doctor ordered. But anyways, I just wanted to uh, thank you for that message. Hopefully you're listening to this 
and hopefully you are getting through this, but uh, we are all thinking about you. So, th- th- yeah. So let's get into some more pubic jokes. Uh, I don't know if there's any in the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City recap, but let's find out together. Now, I want to say, like I said, I cohesively, I was like neither here nor there with this episode, but there are certain scenes in this episode that I think are amazing. The Meredith Marks, Lisa Barlow scene when Lisa Barlow is dressed head to toe in red at the restaurant. For me, it was like uh, that movie Heat. Uh, with with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, and they like they finally sit down at a table and start talking. To me, Meredith Marks and Lisa Barlow are my Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. I'm like, just it's flying. They're talking just, and the way that they bat shit crazy talk at each other, I think, is truly spectacular. They've also provided. Two of the best moments on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Now, of course, I'm going to play you the one that from this season from Miss Meredith Marks. If I were to go for the jugular and talk about this, the rumors, the nastiness about her, I can do that. You know what? You want me to go there with her husband? I can go there. Don't. With me. Okay. Tell her to off. I mean, truly something that I think about every day. Meredith Marks hitting it out of the park early in the season. Like I've said, I feel like she benched herself. She benched herself later in this season, but she comes back with a couple good scenes in this. But Lisa Barlow, Lisa Barlow, I... I love Lisa Barlow. Lisa Barlow has turned into one of my favorite housewives because like I always say, she is unapologetically herself. To me, there's a little bit of Sutton Strack in there where I'm like, I understand when people have issues with them, but I just love them because you can tell things really get to Lisa Barlow. Things get to Meredith, but there's a, not a rise above attitude, but an above it all attitude. And Lisa Barlow, she tries to have this above it all attitude, but you can tell things really bother her. And I want to throw it back to an amazing Lisa Barlow hot mic moment from last season, um, which, by the way, we got at the very end of this episode, Lisa Barlow ripping off her mic pack once again. And these things need to be stapled to the housewives. We need to have some kind of lock, like a chastity belt or something where they can't tear off these microphone packs. I just, it feels too easy. It feels like they know how to do it immediately. And it's like, no, Shannon Bedore did the same thing on Orange County this season. And I think it just has to be stopped. It's a no-no. I talk about finding housewives. This should be an automatic $5,000 fine if you take off the mic pack. So this is a throwback to Lisa Barlow's hot mic moment from last season. Meredith can go f*** herself. I'm done with her because I'm not a f***ing whore and I don't cheat on my husband. Her and her dumb f***ing family that poses. Why don't you own a house? Wait, you can't. Because your husband changes jobs every five minutes? Thank you, Meredith is a piece of I have your back and I'm offended by that you. That f***ing piece of a garbage whore. I f***ing hate her. She's a whore. She's half of New York. She can go f*** herself. That is the Lisa Barlow hot mic moment. I'll have to add that in later. But basically what she said, just to remind everybody, is Meredith can go fuck herself. I'm done with her because I'm not a fucking whore and I don't cheat on my husband. Her and her dumb fucking family that poses. Why don't you own a house? Oh, wait, you can't because your husband changes jobs every five minutes. Meredith is a piece of fucking shit. I had your back and I'm offended by that. Fuck you. That fucking piece of shit garbage whore. I fucking hate her. She's a whore. She fucked half of New York. She can go fuck herself. Woo! 
So when we think about Meredith Marks doing something like this. If I want to go for the jugular and talk about this the rumors and nastiness about her, well, let me do that. You know? I mean, it's not even, I mean, that Lisa Barlow one. I mean, these are really great companion clips and shows just two people at the top of their games having breakdowns, breakdowns on camera. We are so lucky to see it. Uh, so I just want to remind people of that because I find it interesting when they have this conversation in the restaurant with each other. Um, it, it, it's it's wild to me. I'm like, you guys are playing at the same level. Nobody is better or worse in this. You guys are pretty equal. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say they're like the Batman and the Joker. Like my thing was like with Giselle and Karen from Real Housewives of Potomac, I would always say they need each other. They're like the Batman and Joker. Batman needs Joker. That's like the main villain. That's the main hero. And they need each other to survive. And Meredith and Lisa give similar vibes in a certain way to me that they both kind of need each other. So anyways, this is uh, this episode is episode 12 of the season and it's called Icy Apologies. Icy Apologies. Ooh, I like that we're keeping the winter theme of Salt Lake City. Always amazing. Now, this is this. This is the description of this episode. This is a wild description, folks. It says. In the majestic mountains of Utah is a hidden social circle made up of successful women who have created their own paradise filled with luxury homes, shopping sprees, and multi-million dollar business and brands. This doesn't feel like a description of the episode. This feels like a description for the whole series, but also this description for the whole series makes it sound like it's like the Illuminati. Like there's a hidden social circle of women that talk about the rumors and the husbands. But I mean, it's it's like yellow jackets or something. I was like, whole. I read that description and I was like, oh shit. Now that's a description, a hidden social circle. Holy moly that I mean that got me so excited when I read that even though it really wasn't specific to this episode at all I think this might be a misprint on Peacock's website but my god what a great what a great misprint I I just thought that was amazing so anyways we start off this episode with scenes from the previous episodes and of course last week's episode we had hanging by a thread the insanely good pod- podcast uh, by Meredith and Seth Marks. What's up? I'm Seth. I'm a podcasting king. Is your Spotify rap hanging by a thread with Seth and Meredith or Meredith and Seth? Hey! But they had Whitney and Justin on their podcast to talk about their relationship issues. So we saw that last week. And then we also see a scene from earlier in the season between Whitney and Justin where she's like, to see your wedding ring in the drawer every day. It hurts my feelings. And in a talking head, she's like, when we got married 14 years ago, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do to fix that court connection. And then of course we go to a scene between Lisa um, talking about getting her friendship with Meredith back with Whitney and Angie K and talking about, I'm going to pump the brakes with that relationship after Palm Springs. Because remember, Meredith did that boomers and the husband. She did that to Lisa Barlow in Palm Springs. And Lisa Barlow was like, what the fuck's going on? Because Lisa Barlow's like, I'm just happy to have her back in my life. But she is wild. And also, let's just call it out. Meredith Marks was shit faced in that scene. Then we go to a scene with Heather Gay, who's at a tiki bar. Because sure, Salt Lake City, you think 
tiki bars. Uh, she's in a scene with uh, newcomer Monica Garcia, and Heather's like, what if we got everybody together and went to Bermuda, like for your birthday? And Monica's like, oh my God, I would die. I would die. And Heather's like, but you got to make up with Lisa. You got to do it. And Angie K, by the way, agreed and said she would. And then we go to the bonnet scene. I'm going to throw my blue bonnet I got from Amazon just to even talk about this iconic scene from last week's episode where they're churning butter in a masturbatory fashion. And Lisa and Monica immediately go after each other at this, you know, because Lisa said I wouldn't have Monica on my covered wagon because she is mean to other women. And Monica was like, screw you. And all the ladies were like, Monica, bring it down. You're being crazy. Remember Angie K, which by the way, found out this week, Angie K, Greek. And she threw a glass and she was like, hopa, which wouldn't you love another my big fat Greek wedding, but it's just Angie K. Like Angie K is the lead character in my big fat Greek wedding for Electric Boogaloo. And... (laughs) And Heather, by the way, Heather is kind of like, Monica, please. Heather is so interesting because Heather just, she's like, she'll play both sides. And Heather, Heather watches these shows and studies housewife shows. You can tell. And you can tell she read a lot about the fan reaction about her living in Jen Shaw's asshole uh, these past couple of seasons. But it's interesting you know, when she's on a one-on-one scene, she'll be your best friend. But in a group setting, she's kind of leaving Monica hanging out to dry just a little bit. Um, So anyways, Monica, remember at the end of that scene was like, I don't want to go to Bermuda anymore. I'm just done. I'm done. I'm done. Monica is fascinating. She has all the colors of the rainbow. And one of those colors of the rainbow is being a little wackadoo. And Monica, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but that's just what we're seeing. But you're also so many other shades. I also want to give a, Special shout out to this episode for not having your mom in it. Vovo is not in this episode. It would be great if you look in the background and she's just peeking out behind bushes in half the scenes. But it was refreshing to not have Monica's mom in this episode at all. But we left off going, oh, shit, Monica doesn't want to go to Bermuda, you know, for her birthday for this cast trip. She's just one of those people that like seems to get upset. And when you get her upset, she's done. She gets to a point where she's done. She's not going to play nice. She doesn't care if cameras are on her. It's not worth it. And I got to tell you, I kind of respect it. I kind of respect it. Okay, so we open up this week's episode on the beautiful vista of Salt Lake City, the mean streets of Salt Lake City. Um, Somebody left a comment I saw the other day on YouTube of going, have you ever been to Salt Lake City? This is not how they are at all. No shit. I don't think everybody is like these housewives in Salt Lake City. My God, if it was, I mean, they should secede from the union. They shouldn't even be a part of of this glorious country because Salt Lake City would explode if everybody was like these housewives. Like the description says, this is a secret society of women. So we open up with the music. We see deers. We see a bird flying and we land over at uh, Angie K's house. She is preparing some snackies and we get a doorbell and it's Heather Gay. And there's like a nice charcuterie and Heather's like, okay, I'll just let let myself in. (laughs) And Angie's like, are you ready for the celebration? Um, 
And then Heather's like, coming to your house. I mean, it's just so amazing. Thank you so much for having me, you know, Angie. And they hug. Um, do you guys, I was thinking about it. Do you guys hug everybody when you see them? Like what's, when you see somebody, do you hug them? Cause there's always housewife hugs. And I know a lot of people do that, but there's the housewife hug. You look great. Everything's great. You got to comment immediately. So Heather's like amazing snack tray. We see wine has been put out. We see some sad little bread and, uh, Angie K serves her some wine. Really, really nice. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Okay, so uh, they're talking about where Heather's like, where did it all go wrong? And uh, they're like, oh, the minute we started the wagon game and then they flash back to all of them in bonnets again. And I'm sorry, but every time I see the bonnets, I do. I feel like anytime we do any fights from here on out on any of the reality shows, we need to put everybody in bonnets because it all started with. Lisa, who are you kicking off your wagon train? And Lisa's like, the one that's nastiest to women. So Monica, you would have to go. And then Angie's like, I think that set her off. It was like she just came in hot again with the insults. We flash back to it. And <laughs> Lisa is like, Monica, the way you treated your mother. And Monica immediately goes, you're so ugly. <laughs> you got a fat ass just immediately with with not even an argument, just you're ugly. You are ugly. And I think that's a pretty brutal thing to say. Um, And then Heather's like, yeah, at that moment, Monica just completely shut down and it was weird. The whole thing is weird. We're on a reality show. All of this is weird. I like when housewives get together after a big fight and they're like, isn't it so weird there was a big fight? No, that's exactly, you know, the minute there's a big fight, the people that are not involved in the fight, they probably go home that day and like high five themselves of like, fuck yes, that was a good day in reality television, or at least they should. Uh, also after, you know, while they're taking off their bonnets, <laughs> they should be very thankful. Uh, Heather's like, I'm starting to realize I can never really count on what you're going to get with Monica, she says in a talking head. She could be up and happy and charming and fun. And we flash back to the Tiki bar where they're making jokes about the drinks, having some girth. And what I think that is folks, make sure you kick the kids out of the car. I think they're talking about girth and kind of relating it to penises. Yeah. To cocks saying a girthy old cock with their drinks. So they're being dirty fun as you do having drinks at a Tiki bar and Heather loves that. But Heather's saying Monica is all over the place sometimes, but that's kind of what I love about Monica. 
So then Heather's like, but she can also be angry and vicious and mean. Have we seen Monica go after Heather Gay yet? Because I think that's where we're headed toward at the end of the season. And also the beauty lab and laser lawsuits that they're throwing at each other. I mean, that's kind of mean in terms of the court of law. But yeah, Monica, like I said, has all of the rainbow. We also flash back to the uh, the Palm Springs vacation now when they're all in the Sprinter van and they were dressed up like drag queens. And <laughs> Monica's yelling at Angie going, Angie, you live up Lisa Barlow's ass, so stay there. And then Heather in the talking head goes, but she can also be detached and vacant. Now, I know Heather is stating a fact, but everything that Heather is saying kind of makes me love Monica more. You're telling me she can do 30 things at once? She's like an amazing housewife Swiss army knife. She has everything. So we're back in this scene and uh, Heather's like, I need Monica to find her energy for this Bermuda trip. But Heather goes, and as much as I don't want it to, she kind of reminds me of Jen. And then we get a flashback to last season with Jen Shaw doing her karaoke moments, screaming, yelling, having fun, and then being insane from the first season where she throws a glass one year earlier when Jen Shaw's crying and screaming. And Heather goes, I'm drawn like a moth to a flame with these personality types. I've been burned and I want to learn from my history and not make the same mistakes again. I'm sorry. I am not going to. (laughs) This is probably unpopular, but I'm sorry. Do not like Heather. You willfully lived up Jen Shaw's asshole. You know, like, I'm sorry, you made excuses for Jen, even when Jen wasn't around. You like, I, I like now your position is, I, I just, I guess there's something in me that is just drawn to these types of people. If you're drawn to these types of people, set up, set up boundaries for yourself. They're called boundaries. Like, I love, it's the easiest thing, but yes, you knew that going in that Monica actually worked with Jen Shaw. This is no, we said this from the very first episode. We said this. And I think now her posing this as a realization, like, I don't know. And it's like little old me, like she, she knows the bed in which she lies, but she also says, I don't, I can't figure her out. And I really, really like her. And Angie K is just this whole time, just sipping her wine, happy to be in a scene, <laughs> loving to be a housewife. Um, but Heather's like, sometimes I just can't get through to her. Like I, I've kind of jumped in like I always do. Wouldn't it be great if Monica actually gives Heather a black eye like Jen Shaw probably did last season or they're like scissor sisters or something like that. But listen, Heather, I just don't, I think this is a little bit of thou doth protest so much. Um, so Angie's like, but this is who you are. This is who you are. Um, but she's like, yeah, I jump in head first, you know, but also I've never been to Bermuda. <laughs> it's like, I want it to be a fun trip. Heather says, I don't feel like trashing the trip or throwing it away, but I'm worried that like, I don't want Pioneer Day Part 2 to happen in Bermuda. I want Pioneer Day Part 3, Part 4, part, but bring the bonnets to Bermuda. I mean, that's the episode title, Bonnets in Bermuda. But Heather, I mean, Heather is smarter than most of these women because Heather is not, I'm trying to say this in a nice way, 
you know how Lisa and Meredith are themselves in the weirdest way possible? Heather, Heather's aware of logical thinking. Even if she doesn't think logically sometimes, she's aware of what that looks like. And she's aware of the people that she is in scenes with. So when she positions uh, scenes as like a discovery or this or that, she already knows all of this information. So I find it interesting. But Angie's like, that's her pattern. It's like, you know, she comes in hot and then she feels bad or embarrassed and apologizes. Like, I think we need to go on this trip, but I think you need to call her before and just work through it. Talk to her and talk to her one-on-one. And then Heather's like, well, I'm sure I'm going to see her at Meredith's jewelry event. So we have another event. My God, the amount of events you have in Housewives. So this is all based around Meredith's Meredith Marks jewelry event, which I looked up some of the prices for Meredith Marks jewelry. It is, uh, it's not for the regulars like you and me. There is nothing I can afford at Meredith Marks. And Meredith's like, good, you don't deserve any of it, Ryan. It's not for the pores. It's classy jewelry for people like me and Seth. They are hanging by a thread. So now we set up the, the, the scenes for this. Like, okay, we're going to have this conversation between Heather and Monica probably at the jewelry event. Uh, I just like that they set this up for the audience of like, so the audience is like, oh, good. Another event this episode. And then Angie Kay's like, oh, yes, the jewelry event, the one that I'm not invited to that I've heard all about. Everyone's invited except me, which is totally fine. I have Greek things to do that night anyways. Uh, But she's like, Heather, let me know how it goes, because Meredith doesn't dick around. Meredith is you know, Mara's been with Salt Lake City from the beginning. So she's like, I'm not going to invite that bitch. I don't need to invite that bitch. Sorry, you're not going. And you know, that probably crushes Angie K. Angie K needs to show up and make a Meredith Marks jewelry shirt like she did at Meredith Marks event in Palm Springs that she showed up to that she wasn't invited to. I like that probably Mary Cosby was even invited and Angie K was never invited. But She lets Heather know. She's like, I'm really curious to see how. And Heather's like, well, this trip is hanging in the balance, truly. Oh, my God, folks. These are high stakes. The trip to Bermuda is hanging in the balance because of Monica. We need to figure this out now. So we get a tight shot of Heather, like just thinking about everything that they're talking about. Now we're back on the mean streets of Salt Lake City. We are in uh, a Tesla and we've got Whitney doing the little Whitney dance. Uh, uh, uh. she's in the car with Justin and I just, this is a very kind of serious scene, but before we get into that, I want to point out that they are wearing matching Gucci t-shirts. And I've always said the couple that wears matching Gucci t-shirts stays together, (laughs) but it is kind of ridiculous. It took me the second viewing when I was like, Oh shit, they're wearing matching Gucci t-shirts. And this is why, that I don't I think that their relationship is not nearly in as much trouble as they try to present it as their storyline this season and I really like Whitney but I think when you <laughs> I don't think this was a coincidence I don't think Justin was like oh shit we're both wearing Gucci shirts oh no I think it's like we've got to wear our Gucci shirts babe put it on we're doing a scene we want to match in this scene babe like This isn't Halloween. Like they're wearing matching Gucci shirts, talking about how their relationship is like maybe in shambles. And I'm like, you're wearing matching shirts. I think you're okay. Um, 
So Whitney goes, sometimes I feel, does therapy help or make it worse? Because I think they're on their way to therapy. And uh, Justin's just sitting there. And Justin's like, both. It makes it worse for the short term, I think. Um, Well, we were talking about, uh, and Whitney's like, we were talking about finances and bills and like how I handle all that. And then he's like, all right, don't have that conversation. And Justin's like, yeah, he shut, he shut you down. He shut you down about that. Whitney's like, he shut me down. And it's almost like, is the therapist stirring the pot or helping us? And she's like, where are you at? Do you feel like it's helping? And he's like, I, I, I don't know. Like, um, my favorite thing is when we, we talk it through, um, like, you know, with other couples, like even Meredith and Seth. So Justin is now saying that hanging by a thread, the Meredith and Seth Marks podcast has potentially done more to help their relationship than their actual therapy. Hey, we got a good review. We've saved another marriage, Meredith. Me, Seth Marks from Canton, Ohio. I'm saving I'm saving marriages. Hey, Whitney, since I helped save your marriage, can I see your tatas? I love tatas. All right. Hey, you're wearing matching Gucci shirts again. That's hot. So, of course, we flash back to this podcast where Justin uh, is talking about Whitney, like, realizing that she's actually going through her own trauma, but part of that is potentially her isolating him from her. And Seth is like, yeah, two drowning people. They can't save each other. Yeah. So Seth says like really pearls of wisdom like that. And then Meredith hops in. He says, yeah, you just can't save each other. You're just going to pull each other down. Uh, you know, it's just going to happen like that. Uh, <laughs> so then Whitney gets a buzz on her phone and she reads it and she's like, Oh shit. Oh shit. I just got a really bad message. And, uh, she says, uh, Sherry's being intubated and this is really, uh, really sad. So this is her best friend, Sherry, who was actually at her event with the Sound Bowls a couple of weeks ago. And Whitney lets us know that she just saw her this past Monday and she couldn't even get off the couch. Um, and she says she's known Sherry since she was 23 years old. We see pictures of their relationship. She's been all of the major events in my life. Um, we see clips of Sherry in all of the scenes, even the first scene. Uh, from the flapper party that they had uh, from 2020, the first season of the show. And we find out she's been fighting cancer. Uh, and it's like the most helpless feeling to know, she says, that her friend is suffering and she can't do anything about it. And she has no idea how to cope with that. And she tells Justin, I'm trying not to cry, but I think I think we're we're losing her. And he's like, yeah. And she's trying not to cry. She says on Monday when I sat with her, like, that's what we talked about was like, she said, she knows death is here. And, uh, she's trying not to cry because she actually has makeup on for a scene. Um, and this is just, like I said, it's, it's incredibly sad. Uh, Justin says he's sick to his stomach. And she says, my best friend is dying of cancer. And when you really like take a look around and see the bigger picture, like us, me and you, Justin, not seeing eye to eye, is it really that bad of a thing? 
Uh, it definitely seems like our problems are pretty trivial. He tells her. And uh, she says, well, as I think as long as we both still want to be married, then we're winning. She tells him and kind of lets out a light chuckle. And she lets us know in a talking head that her and Justin have been married for 14 years and they've come so far working through communication breakdowns, working through how has my trauma bled into the marriage. Uh, we've been working on so many things, but like knowing that each other that we're still in it makes it easier to work for it. Uh, Justin says, if you're willing to fight, then you can get through anything. So she says, we're both still fighting, right? And he's like, I think so. Like, I'm still fighting. He should be like, look at me. I'm in a fucking matching Gucci shirt. I think I'm actually fully in it. Now, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, when I first saw this scene, I said, well, listen, this is a scene about Sherry. I don't know if that phone call or that text was, I, I don't you know, I think this is a scene that this conversation was going to take place, but it's a very real conversation. And I don't mind when reality shows do that. I don't necessarily mind because this is a real event in her life. So to get it on the show, you have to have something like that. I don't think this was a scene that was supposed to be about something else. And then she randomly got a text message, but I don't mind that. Cause I think this is a, these real conversations. Like I always talk about that idea of giving it a foundation. This is really intense. Everybody goes through this. And that idea of feeling helpless. I mean, I just went through that. A lot of you guys have gone through that or will go through that. And then when you look at other aspects of your life, you're like, oh, fuck. Who cares if I paid my American Express bill on time? Uh, actually, I'm just American Express. If you're listening, I do. I mean, I do care. I'm so sorry that I didn't pay it on time. I care. Okay. Um but it does make it seem like, listen, we're both still in this. We aren't dying. There are people who are dying and it gives you a little perspective. But you know what I always said? Like, I always thought I was going to die young. And I always like, well, I hope I don't die. And it's like that TV movie where they're like, Ryan's life taught me a lesson about life. Like, I never wanted to be a lesson for somebody else of like, Ryan taught me bravery and courage and strength. Like, <laughs> it would be more like, Ryan really... uh he really cried a lot towards the end. He felt it was very unfair. He really hated the thought that everybody was going to still stay around and not him. Uh, really hated that. He said he didn't want any of us to have a good time uh, without him. Like, you know, like I didn't want to teach anybody. It wasn't like, what a beautiful spirit that taught me how to appreciate everything around me. Like, no, it was like that guy was annoying as fuck towards the end. It was really brutal. So this was actually a really intense scene. And my heart went out to Whitney and we deal with the repercussions of that in the final scenes at Meredith's jewelry event. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. 
So we cut to commercial. We come back, and this is one of my favorite scenes. We're at Toscano, this restaurant. And Lisa Barlow pops out of her car and she's like, the lady in red is dancing with me cheek to cheek. Remember that song from the 80s by Simply Red, the lady in red? I think that was the band, right? But she pops out of this thing, even red glasses, red head to toe, looking like she's about to sell real estate for the Selling Sunset crew. And she pulls up to this Toscano restaurant. She's like, Hi, how are you? And they're like, welcome to Scano. I'm meeting a girlfriend here. And then all of a sudden, outside, Meredith Marks gets dropped off, which is very smart because Meredith Marks probably is going to have a drink. So Meredith, like, you know, she comes in, she's like, I'm meeting somebody here. And the hostess is like, is it the lady in red? <laughs> it's... <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm willing to bet that you're meeting the lady in red. Like, uh, let me guess, the lady in full head-to-toe red? We see a shot of Lisa Barlow intensely studying the Toscano uh, menu. Meredith comes out and he's like, hi. And uh, Meredith's like, oh my God. He's like, red, white, and blue. Because Meredith, I think, is wearing like a blue leather getup with like a white kind of shirt. And she's uh, Lisa's like, yeah, we got it covered with the colors. And Lisa's like, did you bring me fresh churned butter? A throwback to churning butter from last week. And uh, they both laugh. The guy sits down to take their order. He's like, welcome to Scano. Do you guys have any drink uh, drinks in mind? And Lisa immediately hits him with the, like, I'm going to take a Vita sunset. And this is my question. Like, I like Vita tequila. I've had it. Great. But does every restaurant in Salt Lake City carry Vita tequila? Do they have signature Vita tequila drinks at every restaurant? Or I know I'm being conspiratorial, or does Lisa just make that up to sound like people carry Vita tequila drinks at every restaurant they go into? Now, I did my research and I went on the Toscano website, but they just had the food options. And then I was like, should I call Toscano and say, do you guys have the Vita Sunset or whatever that drink's name was on the menu. Cause wouldn't that just be baller if just for the cameras, she's like, I'll take a Vita Sunset. And he's like, sure. LOL. Meredith's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to take a glass of Cabernet, please. And uh, they order some food, a little pizza, some clams, some mussels, great stuff. But she, uh, so they're getting the menus out of the way. And now they are just, sitting there, just two powerhouses. They're both smiling, laughing. Everything's okay in this moment. And uh, also Meredith Marks ordered a Diet Coke and Lisa loved that. She's like, oh my God, look at you with your Diet Coke. And Meredith shares with us, she's like, I get dehydrated. I get all kinds of muscle cramps. I'm sure you, sometimes I take extra pills to just loosen me up because of the muscle cramps. So I'm, I'm loose. I'm loose, baby. Um, so, uh, Lisa's like, Oh my God, you were having those in Palm Springs. And then Lisa's like, Oh my God, are those your, your earrings talking about the earrings that Meredith Marks is wearing? Like these really kind of silver, I think kind of hoopy things potentially. And she's like, is this a part of your new collection? Lisa Barlow, she fucking knows how to sell shit. Always ordering Vita, throwing a bone out to her friend Meredith Marks about her jewelry. She's like, oh my God, that's amazing. So we've got the ads right out of the way. 
And Mary's like, you'll see, you'll see everything pretty soon at the event. And Lisa's like, oh my God, I'm excited to see all your new pieces. I love these. And Meredith gives her a nice smile. Thank you. Thank you. They're like gorgeous. So the drinks get served. So we're imbibing alcohol. The muscles get served. Still everything good. Very complimentary. No drama at all. This could be a very nice scene. And then (laughs) Meredith goes, "Um, did you and Monica get to a place of peace? And Lisa's like, I think so. I don't. I don't even know what the issue is. You don't even know what the issue is. I I mean, there's a lot of issues. There's not just one issue. And uh, she's like, it's frustrating to it's fuss. And do you notice how Lisa Barlow doesn't say frustrating? She says frustrating. It's frustrating. It's frustrating because arguments with Monica, they don't go anywhere. They don't go anywhere. It's like, you're ugly. Fix your fucking face. Get some Botox, girl. Get some filler. Like, I'm at a different stage in my life. I've never talked like that to a woman in my life. Okay. This is, like I said, I love Lisa Barlow. But I will say that I do think she has potentially talked that way to women in her life, i.e. the scene from last season where she called Meredith Marks a fucking whore. Like, I mean, she has talked that way to women. I hate to point out that, but she has. But Lisa's like, you know, you can't keep attacking somebody. You can't do that and expect them to just sit there and take it all the time. There is just so much low hanging fruit with Monica. Like if I wanted to attack, I could. So and then Mary's like, um, well, speaking of that, I just want to clear the air on something. I'm not upset. I'm not upset. I'm not angry. I just, I need to understand. It's very calm still right now, even though there's like a little subtle kind of name them. It's a little sudden name them. I'm not upset. I'm not upset. She's like, I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm not angry. I just need to understand just a little something. (laughs) It's like, okay. What was said about, I was a little perplexed by it. Did you tell Angie that I threatened her? And Lisa Lisa immediately doesn't even look shocked. She's like, no, I didn't tell Angie you threatened her. I said, you said she's lucky. What's the word? Uh, Whatever you said to me outside of the restaurant. And we cut back to our favorite scene. If I want to go to the jugular and talk about this shit, the rumors, the nastiness about her, I can do that. And you know what? You want me to go there with your husband? I can go there. And then we cut to a scene of Lisa Barlow later going, she's not spreading rumors. She's dropping the grenade by saying, (laughs) by saying, she's lucky I didn't say the things about her husband. And Angie's like, yo, that's actually making accusations, Lisa. So Meredith back in this scene at Toscano goes, that's what I thought. I just, I wanted to check in. I just wanted to check in only because it's very interesting because some of the wording you just said to me regarding Monica, that's what made me think of it right now. That's what made Okay. Yeah. That she's lucky was very similar. So these are like two pros. Lisa's like, is she attacking me? Is she not? What's going on here? And Meredith obviously already has a predisposition about what she thinks Lisa did. I just like, oh, it's very, it just sounds a little curious because of what you just said to me about Monica. 
So these are two brainiacs. And she's like, the message I gave you, you know, there's just a lot of stuff accusing me about threatening. And I just, I, that's just not a threat. It's not a threat. And Lisa's like, I don't think that's the same thing. The whole thing with Angie, I don't like even, um, uh, you, do you want me to say what I know about the husband? Do you know what I mean? Like things like that. I don't want anyone saying about you. I think it's disgusting. I don't like it. It likes feels very icky and I don't want to be around this anymore. I just don't. And we get to a talking head with Meredith and Meredith's like, I'm just really disappointed because Lisha and I agreed to discuss issues as they came up. And we get a flashback to uh, earlier in the season where Meredith and uh, Lisa are in a, like a frozen tundra of Salt Lake. And Meredith's like, moving forward, we communicate, you know, we just do. We communicate. And Lisa is like shaking her head. Yes. And if you're sensing something, Lisa, tell me, just tell me. That's all I asked. And Lisa's like, I agree. And Meredith in the talking head goes, so I don't know what's going on here, but it's definitely unsettling. And I'll tell you what, it doesn't feel good. It's not what we agreed on. And Lisa in the Toscano scene goes, for me, it was very triggering. Well, I'm sorry it was triggering for you, Lisa. But what I'm not going to do is have this like hypocritical conversation. What you're telling me is going on with Monica is she's playing victim to uh, your reaction to her bad behavior. Yeah, in my opinion, that's what you're saying. And that, Lisa Barlow, is called manipulation. And Lisa goes, yes, it felt manipulated. It felt manipulated. That's exactly what Angie did to me. And for her now to play victim to my reaction to her is bad behavior. It's called manipulation, Lisa Barlow. It's called gaslighting. That's what it's called. And Lisa is just staring at her. I love At this point, I'm confused about this whole conversation, but I'm loving watching every minute of it. Like I said, just two brainiacs just going toe to toe and Meredith making this big point of like, well, that's exactly what Angie Kay is doing now based on what I said about the rumors about her husband. But at the end of the day, it's Angie Kay's fault. That's It's very simple. And she drinks... Um, you drink, she drinks a sip of her wine, just very self-satisfied of like, I really just told, I told Lisa, I just gave Lisa Barlow the business, you know? And she goes, you had an issue with Angie. Oh, sorry. Lisa goes, you had an issue with Angie because you said she can never be friends with someone like you. And then you took it up eight levels and said, you know, things about her husband, her family, her business. And the bottom line is that's not what's happening with me and Monica. Monica's just being a bitch. You're being deceptive. So that was in a talking head. But I love that Lisa doesn't say that necessarily in this scene like that, but she's like, it's very different. You're being a bitch. Everything's different with Angie. And Lisa in this scene goes, there's nothing out there about her though. And just like, where well, there's stuff. She's like, there is stuff. Oh, there's stuff. All right. There is stuff out there about Angie K because I've been sent stuff. I have. And Lisa's like, so this is probably the stuff about the husband. What have you been sent? Are there like, is there like manila envelopes being dropped off at your like Meredith Marks jewelry store? Like you've been sent stuff. Show us the stuff, give it to the producers so they can put it in the show. 
And Lisa goes, I just think like even saying it's just as bad because it leaves people's minds to wander. And look at what Monica, okay, you're living in La La Land then, Lisa. No, I'm not. I don't have a place in La La Land. And she's like, you know, Lisa, there's stuff out there about me. There's stuff out there about you. There is. There's stuff out there about every single one of us. It doesn't make it true and it doesn't make it good. And Lisa's like, it doesn't make it good. And it doesn't make it okay to threaten with it. You can't use the word threat, Lisa Barlow. By definition, it's wrong. It is. So by saying I would never do that, you're going off the word intention. And Lisa goes, that's not my intention. You're going after word intention. That's not my intention. But you did, Lisa Barlow. Whitney said that you said to her. (laughs) No, sorry. Lisa Barlow said, Whitney said that you said to her, I could ruin her life. I could ruin anybody's life. So could you, Lisa Barlow. So could anybody under the sun. We all could. That doesn't mean you're going to. And Lisa's just staring. This is just staring. And I just think this is truly what it's all about, folks. This is what the housewives is all about. Uh, I just love their staring faces, their listening faces. And uh, Lisa's like, I don't want to talk about anybody else, but, but you know, but just between me and you, because we're friends and we're working on a new friendship that's better than the last one. And Mary's goes, wait, 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 wait. I'm just confused. Like after pump springs, I pumped the brakes because it evoked a lot of feelings in me that I'm like, that's not something I like. So, um, let me, let me get this. So did you pump the brakes with Angie then too? Did you? Lisa Barlow? No, I didn't pump the brakes with Angie, but I had a direct. So you were fine with the way that Angie K, she, the way she treats me. But my react, uh, I'm not fine with the way she treats you, which was very minor in comparison to the way she treated me, caused you to pump the brakes with me. I'm not getting in between the two of you. You are supporting. Uh, <laughs> Then Mary goes, you were supporting her, but you're pumping the brakes with me. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not supporting her. I'm not supporting her, Meredith Marks. I'm not, let's make this clear. Let's make this. I am not the wing. I'm not the one bringing this tornado through. Nor do I feel I need to be because I know karma comes back. It does. So that's how this scene ends, which is kind of another Meredith Marks threat. I think karma comes back is very weirdly threatening. Don't you? Amazing. Okay, you guys, uh, listen, you're not going to hear any interruption really, but now I have gone and I didn't finish this recap in time and I had to go to that uh, Variety Direct TV event with all of the 40 top women in reality television, which I'll talk all about on Friday, but it was at Spago. And thank God for Kiki Monique at the Talk of Shame. Go listen to her podcast, which uh, I believe is called Pop Crime. It's amazing. She's amazing. Thank God she was there. She saved my ass. It's always great to have somebody that you're friends with there at an event like that because it was a who's who, folks of people that have blocked me or unfollowed me. (laughs) And I'll talk all about that on Friday, but what a night it's now midnight. Uh, Listen, we could have kept going, but I said, Hey, I got to go and finish this recording of this amazing Salt Lake city recap. 
But my God, you guys, I, I, I talked with Christine from Sister Wives, Craig Conover from Southern Charm. I had a, uh, I talked to Louie, Teresa's husband. Oh, we'll talk all about this on Friday, but what an event. Oh my God. But I wanted to come back and do this, finish this recap for you guys. Oh man. It's just, it's, it never stops, right? Oh, Heather McDonald was there tonight. I talked to her. Oh, I'll tell, I'll tell you all about this on Friday. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see I've changed outfits. I'm in a suit or, you know, a suit. Anyways, so now we just get it out of that scene, which I loved. And now we are at a scene with Mary Cosby. Now, last night, Mary Cosby was at Kathy Hilton's Christmas party, which I just found out tonight I could have been invited to. But this is why you always got to like, Use your contacts. I was in Arizona, so I, but like, I could have been invited to that. And I just didn't, I didn't even ask or push and always, I guess, always push. That's the moral of the story. (sighs) Anyways, Mary Cosby was there at Kathy Hilton's last night. You might've seen the video and Kathy Hilton was on like the red carpet at Kathy Hilton's house right next to Kathy Hilton. And she even said, Mary Cosby says in an interview with Freddie Mellencamp, that she has not been invited to a lot of the events. We've now speculated about this where you know, it's like nobody, you know, Mary Cosby just doesn't show up. It turns out Mary Cosby just wasn't invited and she thinks they're trying to phase her out, which that is really a good possibility. But Mary Cosby, if you're listening, maybe when you're actually on screen, don't ask to go to McDonald's in a Sprinter van to get a filet fish sandwich you know, maybe stay with the ladies and then you'll start being invited to these trips and like Bermuda and things like that. But anywho, we pick back up in the recap. We're over at Mary Cosby's house. We see her house. We hear the music. Oh, oh, oh. And Mary Cosby is looking out of her windows. It's truly amazing. And she opens the door. And who do we see? It is Monica. And Mary opens the door like, oh, my God, you look so pretty. Oh, my God. And you brought a gift because Monica came bearing gifts. And she's like, that's nice. You didn't have to do that for me. Welcome to my home. And Monica's like, it's stunning. And we see Vovo right around the corner. No, we don't see Vovo. But it would be great if Vovo was dressed as one of Mary Cosby's mannequins in her closet. (laughs) You just saw it moving. Like, oh, my God, is that mannequin moving halfway across the screen? No, it's just Vovo. Anyways, Monica lets Mary know that she's like, I've never been in this neighborhood before. And you know, Mary Cosby was thinking like, oh, of course you haven't, girl. Anyways, they're walking down this long uh, foyer and Mary Cosby lets us know that she's been in this house for 21 years. And when she says that, I think that's actually, she's saying like, it's it's like one of those, like, this is like a Blum, Blumhouse horror film. This is like Megan. This is, this is like... I have been attached to this house for 21 years. I actually haunt this house and I'm a living, living being. And uh, Monica, by the way, anybody does a scene with Mary Cosby, they're always really agreeable. They don't want to upset Mary Cosby. So Monica's like, really? Oh my gosh. And she's like, Mary Cosby's like, yes. And Mary Cosby always like has a very like wide eyed. She's always wide eyed in every scene she is. Anyways, Mary Cosby's like, my son was two years old when we moved in. And Monica's like, oh, my God. And we got it the year he we. Oh, my God. Oh, it's beautiful. And in a talking head, Monica says, I wanted to come in and check on Mary. I have missed her. <laughs> she always makes me smile. 
Now, Monica, Monica knows how to play the housewife's game, even though she's a first season housewife. And that's why she's already so good, because she's kissing the ring in an interesting way, because nobody, everybody kisses Mary Cosby's ring, but Monica does it in a certain way that's not, not undermining Mary, if that makes sense. Like, it almost seems like she really, truly does respect Mary. But at the same time, there's like a wink to the camera of like, I get it, but I've got to do this. I'm a first season housewife, you know? Um, So we go into Mary's kitchen and, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, Monica and Talking Head, they keep going back and forth. She's like, I could have like had a buddy at some of this shit. uh, But, you know, like, I got to have Mary Cosby. I I have to use, I have to have some backup dressed as a pioneer, which we all know Mary would have been an amazing pioneer, Monica says. And Mary's like, you want cake? And they do a shot of like a half-eaten cake, like Mary's already went really fully in on the cake. And Monica's like, sure. And Mary Cosby's like very smiley in this scene. So it's like a good day for Mary Cosby. And Monica, we see her eating the cake. And then Mary Cosby's like, is your cake good, by the way? And Monica's like, it's delicious. Because Monica's not going to say, like, it's bad cake. And then Mary Cosby immediately loves the compliment. She's like, okay, good. Thank you. And then Monica's like, did you make it? And she's like, no, mm, no, 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 not even. I bought it. I bought it. Oh, Monica's like, great, great, great. Okay. And Mary is just so smiley and happy in this. She's full of God in the scene. And uh, Monica's like, so how have you been? What's been going on with you? And Mary's like, I've been good. You know, I'm just trying to pace my time and make sure that my sanity is protected. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? I'm trying to have my sanity protected in a room full of mannequin heads. What does that mean? And she's like, make sure I'm not losing my mind on anyone like I did. <laughs> and then she does a big old eye move, like a big old bug eyed movement again. And we get a flashback to the Sprinter band where... <laughs> We have the scene with Whitney where Mary was like, you called me a pornography. You called me a pornography. And Monica's like, what? A what? A pornography. Grow up, little girl. Okay, I'm done. So we get a flashback of all the scenes of Mary Cosby this season where she just runs away. And Monica's like, I get it. I get it. That's where I'm at. And Mary Cosby's like, losing your mind? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, on its face, this is like a really kind of could be a laughable funny scene but if you look deeper this is a scene about two women literally losing their minds there's minds and uh, <laughs> uh monica's trying to really butter up mary and she's like but i feel like lisa was just relentless i do and mary cosby's like well with lisa though i feel like you both go back and forth I feel like you go, I like that Mary, when she's put in the position of soothsayer of like a wise older elder and Mary Cosby loves that position. Cause she'll immediately give you, well, this is how Mary Cosby sees it. And she's like, like, I feel it's just, it's not just her. I feel like it's both of you. And then Monica's like, oh shit, Mary Cosby's stepping to the plate. And then Monica immediately goes, you know what, Mary Cosby? I agree. I agree. I do. She gets nasty, that one. She does. And Mary's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I agree. I'm trying to figure out what her problem is with me, Monica says. Ever since that dinner in Palm Springs, when I said she's materialistic, I feel like I, I, I've just stayed under her skin. And then Mary Cosby's like, well, what does she say that makes you, what, is you, what, what does she say that makes you feel that, you know? 
you know, and it seems like this Mary Cosby almost seems sane. Uh, and you know, Monica's like, Oh my God, she'll say, she'll look at you and go, Oh my God, how many carrots is that ring? Oh, is that your new Chanel? And Mary Cosby is just laughing and smiling. This she is loving Monica's performance. And I will say Monica did great work here because even at the party last night, Mary Cosby said on the red carpet that she still supports Monica a hundred percent that we all need to pray for Monica after the reunion, but she is in Monica's corner. So Amazing. So Monica's saying, oh my God, I love that. I love that. I love that. And she tells you nothing about herself in the meantime. And then Mary Cosby's like, oh yeah. And then, yeah. And then the, you know, she's just on mute the rest of the time. And then the rest of the time she's just on mute. And Monica's shaking her head up like, exactly. Mary Cosby, you're a genius. You are a genius. And Mary Cosby goes, you just have to take her for who she is. You just have to do that with Lisa Barlow. And she's like, it's going to bother you, you know, to hold a grudge. You know, it eats at people. Like, I think grudges eat at you. Like, you should not be a grudge holder. Mary, you know, and then Monica says, Mary can give a wonderful advice in the talking head. Mary can give wonderful advice. She gives great advice. Uh, but uh, she might not be great at taking her own advice. But, you know, those who can't do teach, Monica says. In the talking head. And then back in the scene, Monica says to Mary Cosby, I'm just going to apologize. And Mary Cosby goes, you have to and move on and just really mean it. You can't just say things just to say it, not with them. And Monica's like, right, right. That's why that's why I said she's wrinkly and I meant it. <laughs> and Mary Cosby goes, but don't say that. OK, <laughs> I love that. She agrees with Mary Cosby. And goes, that's why I said she's wrinkly because I meant it like that is that Monica is coming for like, she's coming for the gold. That's a, that's a baller statement. So Mary Cosby is just tickled pink. She's laughing nonstop at everything Monica says. Now we cut to that and we are with Whitney in her car. She's just going down the streets, the mean streets of Salt Lake city. And she's calling Ann. She's like, and hi, I'm, and Ann is like, I am so sorry for your loss, Whitney. I just called to see, how you're doing. And when he's like losing one of my best friends has been so much, I'm like, I can't do the voice on this because it's a serious scene. She's like losing one of my best friends has been so much harder than I thought. I've never lost someone that I love this much. And she's crying uh, as she drives. And then Whitney in a talking head reveals, she said, I received the call last night, found out that Sherry passed away and I've been in a fog and I haven't known what to do. And uh, it's been really hard, like really, really hard. And uh, and just like, yeah, I'm sure. Thank you so much for calling, Whitney says. Yeah. And uh, Whitney is still driving. And she's like, I want to stay home. But like, Sherry is the type of friend that would go to Meredith Marks jewelry event. And then <laughs> this is where it gets a little ridiculous because Whitney then goes, Sherry literally came to my prism event. And we see flashbacks of Sherry at the prism event. Like if Sherry can show up to events fighting cancer and not feeling well, then I can show up for Meredith. And I think it'll be good to be around, um, you know, my other friends. And I just think this is the part where it's like the loss of your friend is so intense and it is such, but I just, it, it's, it's how they try to connect these scenes. Sometimes I'm like, you guys are doing too much. 
Like, you know, Sherry, you know, Sherry's death doesn't mean that you have to go to Meredith Mark's jewelry event. Sherry's death should not teach you a lesson of like, wow, she inspired me to go to overpriced jewelry events. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be mean here. And I know Whitney would get this and I know Whitney understands this, but I think the show makes you do weird things. And this was just one of those things where she's like, thank you so much. And I love you. And I was like, love you too. Okay. So, okay, good. Whitney's in for the Meredith Marks jewelry event. Um, okay. So now we into that scene. Oh, 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 we have the cut choir and then we cut to, oh my gosh, we're with Lisa Barlow and Jack Barlow, her son and John Barlow, her husband. And we are at a Mormon clothing shopping store. And we are getting clothes for Jack Barlow's mission, which I thought they all wore the same thing. Nuh-uh, not at this shop. And Lisa's like, let's go check this out. And they're welcomed. And Lisa's like, good. How are you? Oh, my God. How are you? Oh, my God. How are you guys doing? Um, oh, my God. We need a shop for our missionary. And the guy's like, awesome. Where are you headed? And Jack is like, Columbia, Bogota. Okay, awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Um, while you're proselytizing, you know, you got to wear slacks, though we do have some slacks. It's kind of like Lululemon that are stretchy. And Lisa's like, oh my God, I love that. So it kind of helps you like keep you more comfortable. So I love, this is what I love about consumerism, that even in this kind of mission, going to serve people, going to serve the Lord, going to serve the Mormon religion, they are still, there's the consumerism has found a way. It's like Jeff Goldblum, like uh, life is going to always find a way. I love they found a way. Even in the Mormon missionary, they're like, we can find a way to sell you $200 stretchy slacks. Do not do not let this mission fool you. We can still make money off this mission. And uh, they're looking around these clothes and it looks like a ball. It looks like when uh, what was that place when I grew up in Kansas? It was like this fan. It was like Oak Tree. And then it turned into like Express for Men. Or with no it was structure, and then that turned into Express for Men. But anyways, Lisa is in this blue, like furry, like fur coat. She looks amazing, but also ridiculous. And she's like, "Oh my god, look at this! Like, can he even wear this? Like, it's teal because there's all like kind of baller colors and stuff. And even me, like, I know what Mormon missionaries wear, and I was like, this looks way too fancy. This is like if like Elton John was like." diet coke like in those old pepsi commercials when he would like just i mean elton john's always been baller but it's like mormon missionary shouldn't be dressing like elton john in a diet coke commercial but lisa is very impressed but he's like can he even wear this and the guy's like no so this one's going to be more for like you know typically you want something a little more conservative um and the husband's like yeah he's not going on a dance or whatever i mean yeah they uh they like to be more on the conservative side the salesperson says and then Lisa's like, would you mind if I put my cope somewhere? He's like, yeah, we can totally drape this over here. Thank you so much. And then Lisa's like, so what's it saying? Because Jack is checking, I guess, the Mormon regulation, you know, clothing website. And Jack's like, um, fudge college, mom, uh, one suit, eight to 10 white shirts. You know, this guy's going to get 10. If it says eight to 10 white shirts, Lisa's going to be like, we'll get you 11 white shirts. He's like, um, and uh, six to eight ties three to five socks. And then she's like, okay, let's see if Jack looks good in this and pulls out this like kind of baller coat. And John, the husband's like, yeah, that's maybe if he was like going to Vegas 
<laughs> you know? And uh, the co- the guy's like, hey, what size what size pants are you? And uh, Jack is like, uh, thir- 32. I'm thir- 32. And then Lisa's like, but he might get chubby on his mission. So maybe a 33. So I love that Lisa's head is in the right place, that this guy might gain what we've got to get a Mormon Ozempic, Mozempic. So maybe a third. I love that's the thought on like, is that he's going to go away and potentially eat his feelings that he'll go from a 32 to a 33. Uh, so they're picking. She's like, I like this brown one. This is amazing. It's like total jungle chic. And the thing is, and the tricky thing is, is that Jack is a young man and he's also a baller. If you see the way Jack dresses in the show, he likes his clothing. So we're in a tough position here. They're talking about potentially a camo, uh, it's a lot. And Lisa's now talking with the salesperson. She's like, I like that you've taken a more modern approach to suiting. And he's like, yeah, like we feel like missionaries don't need to be ugly. Yeah. You don't need to like, forget fashion. Come on. And Jack comes out in his little Mormon outfit and she's like, oh my God, you look like a cute little missionary. And Jack immediately says, Hey mom, I think you need the separation more than I do. And she's like, why? And then Jack goes, you're a lot, mom. And she looks, you know, I will say this. This is why I love Lisa Barlow. No matter how many bad shit, crazy things you say that she says, she'll like have these looks where, you know, she is so intensely in love with her family and that this is tearing her apart to lose her son. And I think that is so relatable and that she's trying to keep it all together and she's trying to be positive, but you know, it eats at her. And, uh, Lisa's like, is that a good thing? Is that a good thing? I don't know if that's a good thing. And Jack goes, I love you so much, but I, I need the space mom. Wow. Okay. Um, she's like, when you were 18, mom, you were telling me stories about how you were getting like into Russian mobsters limos. And Lisa Barlow immediately smiles of like, oh my God, yeah, I did. Those are amazing stories. And he's like, yeah, you were going to vacations all over. Like you left the nest. It's my turn to leave the nest. And she's like, okay, fly, go away. It doesn't make it less hard for us. And to me, this scene is funny, but it's also just beautiful. This is a beautiful scene. No matter how you know, rich Lisa is or how, you know, how much power she wants to have. This is a mother that loves her son and you can tell it kills her that he's going away. But at the same time, what makes it fascinating is because you can tell Jack wants to go away so badly, not because he hates his parents or he hates his mom, but he does need it. He needs to find out the man who he is. And I think that's what makes this just really compelling to me. Maybe you guys find it boring. Um, But I thought this was really interesting because when you have a powerful woman like Lisa Barlow, it's got to be interesting to be her son and to find your own voice and to find out what you think. And, and uh, I mean, this is really interesting because I don't doubt the love that, either of these people have for each other, but it's one of those necessary things where he feels like he needs to go out and spread his wings. Um, But Lisa's like, you know, it's going to be hard for me not having you here for Christmas, not having you here for Thanksgiving. That's going to be sad. 
And Jack is kind of like shrugging, like, I don't know, mom. And we see Lisa and she's just trying to like take it all in. In a talking head, she goes, you know, this mission for Jack is so personal and he's going for the right reasons. He's going because he felt strongly that this is the right decision for him. He has everything at his fingertips. He's going to be doing everything else in the world with these people. But he chose to go out there and connect with people, share a message of love and kindness and teach people about God. As soon as he wakes up until the time he goes to bed, he's going to be serving others. And as a mom, I couldn't be more proud of him. Uh, but proud of him. But I just love the fact that they're just stalking this guy with baller Mormon missionary clothes, because I feel like these people in Bogota, they're going to open the door and they're like, holy shit, we're used to fucking people in cheap ass Mormon clothes, old Navy Mormon clothes. You showing up with baller Mormon clothes. Anyway, she's like, let's take the brown shoes too. I just love that they're potentially going out of the store spending like $1,000. But for some reason, and I think it's just because of the shit with my mom lately, this shit broke my heart. And it like, and Jack hugs his mom. He hugs her so tightly. And you can tell John, you can tell John, you know, the husband and the father, you know, he's watching this and going like, Hey, I totally, I totally understand this. I totally understand what's going on on both of their accounts. And he's that great bridge between son and mother. And he's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And, uh, then Lisa goes, do you remember what you used to say to me when you were little? You said my heart beats to mom, to mom, to mom. Like, I feel like just yesterday I brought you home and I was playing in the playground with you. And he goes, I think it'll be good for me to leave. And because then I'll come back and you'll look at me, not as your little baby, but as an actual adult. <laughs> Going and living in a poor country for two years, which by the way, Bogota is not a poor country. Maybe it's a poor country to Jack or the Barlows, but it's not a poor country. But he says, you know, maybe going and living there for two years in a poor country, I'll come back and I'll be able to recognize all the good stuff. And she's like, I hope so. I do. And she's like, here's a bet. What's the over under or how on how long until your mom stops crying after you leave? The dad says. And uh, the husband goes, I'd say a week. And she's like, no. And then Jack says, up until I come home. And says, once in a while, it's because she'll be stuck with me, the husband says. And Lisa's like, that's true. And last night, Lisa Barlow, when this aired, tweeted, I'm still crying. And this was after Thanksgiving. And I just think that was just a really beautiful scene. No matter what you think about Lisa Barlow, no matter what... I just thought that shows like the true love between a mother and a son and that connection that they have. But what I find fascinating is that Jack, Jack is this young man wanting to feel like this grown adult, wanting to feel like Jack Scarcell's son, which, oh my God, I watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on the East Coast feed. Woo, Morgan and Kyle. I have not seen that Kyle, that giddy and giggly. Ooh, oh my God, Morgan. Oh my God. They're tattooing my body, Morgan. <laughs> I have not seen Kyle like that in forever, which I don't really know her. But oh, oh my God, it was so wild. I was like walking right next to Kyle and I just made those memes of her tonight on Instagram and I just felt so bad. But at the same time, I was like, holy shit, girl, you killed it tonight. That was wild. 
Okay, you guys, and now we are in a scene where Heather Gay pulls into this restaurant and she is meeting Monica Garcia. And let me just be honest with you guys, this is not my best work. I realize I, I don't feel like I'm killing this recap, but join me tomorrow for a Beverly Hills recap. I am going to slay that. Yeah, a grown man just said slay. I am just so damn tired right now. And I've had a couple of glasses of the old Chardonnay. I'll tell you what, this is this is one of the mistakes is that after the Spago party, me and Kiki, we wanted to keep it going and meet up with the direct TV people. So we went, we were originally going to go to Tom, Tom. We went to Tom, Tom on Santa Monica Boulevard and it was like 10 PM and they were already closing. It was that not full. So we went to Rocco's a couple doors down and they were having this whole drag show blast. I only say they're like an hour, but I'm still, I'm just feeling it, man. I still have not gotten a good night's sleep in like a week um, just coming off the, uh, the old Thanksgiving trip. So guys, I realize if you're thinking like this recap isn't good, I tend to agree with you. Hopefully this doesn't, uh, affect anybody's Spotify wrapped for me. <laughs> so anyways, Monica pulls up, she gets out of this car. She, uh, she goes in, Heather's checking out the menu and she's like, Oh my God, Monica, what are you carrying? Cause Monica's carrying a box. She's like, is that alcohol? And Monica's like, surprise. And they do that. Oh my God, you look pretty. No, you look pretty. How are you, girl? I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you? They do that huggy, sing-songy bullshit. And because uh, they haven't seen each other since the bonnet party. And Heather Gay orders a Chardonnay called Bread and Butter. And then Monica orders a Moscow Mule. So we're off to the races. And Monica lets us know, oh my God, that's my favorite drink, a Moscow Mule. Anyways, uh, so Monica goes, what's the plan? And Heather's like, are you coming to Bermuda? And Monica goes, no, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. And she's like, just kidding. And Heather's like, oh, I was like, great. <laughs> but, and then Monica's like, you took that way too well, bitch. You took that way too well. And Heather's like, well, yeah, because I just felt bad after our luncheon. It felt like you were down. And Monica's like, that was really difficult. That was a difficult meal for me. I love that Monica goes, that wasn't just difficult. It was a difficult meal for me. It was hard for me to process, process meats and cheeses that day. <laughs> like, I love it. She was like, it wasn't just difficult. It was a difficult meal for me. We've all been there. It's hard. for. I had Del Taco last night. That was a difficult meal for me in retrospect. We flash back to the bonnet party uh, with Monica going, the way you treated your mother. She's like, shut up. You don't know shit about my mom. Because Lisa was talking about the mother. And she's like, you don't know shit. And Monica's like, shut up, shut up. And uh, Heather's like, I was concerned. And Monica's like, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and Heather's like, you were upset. I was trying to guide you with tough love, you know, but I won't do that again. And Monica's like, the best thing for me in that situation for me was just zip it. And Heather's like, yeah. And then Monica goes, I owe you the biggest apology, Heather. I am so sorry. I was so honored and so excited to do this with you, this Bermuda, Bermuda trip. And I completely let you down. And there's like, it's okay. It's okay, girl. And so for somebody like Heather to be like, oh my God, I'm attracted to like a moth to a flame, like Jen Shaw, then don't be, it's okay. Say I'm setting a boundary right here and right now. That's a fascinating scene for reality television as well. In a talking head, Heather's like, Monica's being so apologetic, but she's also shown that she has a dark side. Like, I like it's like, like Darth Vader, you know? She's like, I like Monica a lot as a person, but I can't help it that there are alarm bells going off for me. So in the scene, she's like, so what's our game plan? Because I, I want to host this trip. And, you know, I have some things planned, you know? And Monica's like, be nice. That's, you know... 
That's like baseline. And Monica's like, I really want to have a good time. And then Heather's like, let's cheers to new things, to new things, to not getting mad about everything, Monica says. And then they cheers and laugh. And then Heather's like, and not calling women ugly or old. (laughs) Not making fun of menopause or hormones. And Monica's like, we are middle-aged. That's a fact. And Heather's like, I know, but no one wants to be reminded of that ever. Which, by the way, Heather Gay was there tonight with her daughter. And Heather Gay looked great. She looked so great. Uh, Heather, if you're listening, you know, I'm I'm so bummed that you unfollowed me and got upset about something that I said about you. But who who knows? Anyway, so we're on to the next scene. We're on the mean streets of Salt Lake City. We see a bunch of different things. And then we see another SUV pull out. And then we have Big Bird. No, uh, that... That's Meredith Marks in an all yellow outfit. She pulls up. She walks into this event with uh, with Seth, with Seth and her son, Brooks. And it says Brooks, 24, Meredith's uh, son. And in a talking head, Meredith goes, tonight is a soft launch of our collection. It's called Plated by Meredith Marks. Plated is supposed to be for people who maybe can't afford to buy the fine jewelry. So, you know, and then, okay, so what the fuck does this mean? Because then they show some of the jewelry and the fucking price tags on these like fucking reed earrings that they're showing is $1,850. Who the fuck? I can't afford the cheap jewelry. This is considered the cheap jewelry? Plated is going to like, I mean, listen, my Toyota Corolla is not this. This is insane. She's like, you know, before I put it out into the universe for everybody, you know, I'm just doing a soft launch. So we see Meredith directing around being a jewelry maven. Um, And then all of a sudden, Heather and Monica show up together to this event. They're obviously coming from their pre-drink into this. And Seth, Meredith, Brooks, they're all just frantically putting up this jewelry for the scene. And uh, then they see that Heather and Monica's there. And Mary's like, well, welcome everybody. Oh my God. What is that? What are you, what did you bring? Oh my God. This is amazing. And Heather brought her churn butter. Mary's like, oh my God, you brought your churn butter, your six minute hand job butter. That is just amazing. <laughs> Meredith is just in such a good mood. She hugs Monica. She hugs Heather. Every, you know, fun is being had. And then we see all of these people walking in. Meredith is greeting everybody. She's just amazing. And also, all of a sudden, we see Lisa and John Barlow getting out of their SUV. They come into the event. Uh, Meredith is still hugging people. We see Seth in the background going, what's up? I'm Seth. I co-host the podcast Hanging by a Thread with Meredith Marks. Ah, I love, I lo- I love Whitney's tatas. So Meredith is meeting people and Lisa's meeting people and Monica's taking in the whole scene. And Meredith's like, this is the new plated collection. This is this is the jewelry for the poor people, even though the <laughs> poor people have to be rich to afford the jewelry. And then Whitney walks in. And remember, Whitney has let us know that she's coming to this event, you know, you know, in honor of her friend who just passed away, Sherry, because Sherry would have showed up to events like this. Uh, the logic doesn't fully reach me, but who knows? I love Whitney. So... Whitney uh, is greeted by Meredith. And Meredith's like, what's going on? Are you all right? What's up? What's up? And you can tell Whitney is just very bothered. And she's like, Sherry passed away yesterday. And Meredith's like, oh, honey. Oh, my gosh, honey. And hugs her. 
and hug. I mean, if I was married, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing at my plate at event? You could have just given me a credit card number. You didn't even have to show up. I just, I just count on you for like $4,000 in sales. And when he's like, I didn't want to put a rain cloud over your jewelry event. I just wanted to show you my support. And Mara's giving her a deep hug. So deep that I'm like, did Meredith fall asleep hugging Whitney? She's like, it's just so so comforting in your bridge I'm just going to take a quick little snooze. <laughs> and Whitney's like, I can't ruin your event, though. You know, you got to. And uh, and then Whitney's like, here, I brought backups because Meredith's crying and she pulls tissues out of her past, you know, her purse to give to her. She's like, I decided to rally. And Mary's like, I can't believe you did. Thank you. That was really nice. That was really, no, but for real, can I have your credit card number? I'm so sorry, Whitney. I feel, and then uh, talking to she's like, I feel so horrible for Whitney. I, I just can't imagine losing a friend and showing up today. I like Meredith basically saying, this jewelry is kind of shitty. I just can't imagine showing up still. Uh, she tells Whitney, this is really mean something, you know? In the talking head, she's like, it's been a lot of ups and downs. I feel like we've been on a path to repair. Meredith Marks, you notice she's had so many paths to repair for like multiple people in the cast with Lisa Barlow. Like, we are just trying to repair our friendship. Meredith is like a full-time mechanic. She is repairing everything. But she goes, and you know, her making the effort to come today, it just, it really means a lot. It does. It really means a lot. So back to the hugging. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And Whitney has a little tear in her eye. We cut to other people coming into the event. Monica sees Whitney and Monica's like, girl, I got you. I got you. And Whitney's like staring at her like, girl, you know, we see Seth hugging John Barlow. He's like, what's going on? How you doing? Look at you. I love this. I love this. And John's like, I love your look. Hey, we're just two guys being emotional about each other's Mormon outfits, right? Huh? And then we cut to Lisa and Lisa's like, what's new with you guys? What's going on? And, uh, Whitney tells Monica, she's like, I'm trying to decide if it's a good or idea or a bad idea if I drink. And Whitney's like, Sherry would want me to have a drink. She would want me to be on the table dancing. And Monica's like, that's what you got to do then. That's what you got to do. And uh, Heather's like, I need to give Whitney a hug. Come here. I'm so sorry. How are you? They hug. It's emotional. And Heather goes, it's going to be okay. And Whitney's like, thank you. And she's like, just compartmentalize, girl. Just compartmentalize. That's what you got to do. So Monica and Lisa, Lisa comes over with drinks. And then uh, Lisa Barley goes, okay, so 420, her book, her book party was on 420. And Heather's like, on purpose. So I'm giving, whoa, cannabis gifts. Oh my God. She keeps giving me cannabis jewelry. Anyways. When he goes, Lisa and I had a problem like two weeks ago. And we flash back to that scene with Lisa where Winnie's like, I'm just mortified that the two of you behaved that way at like my prism event. Because Lisa and Lisa's like, I didn't start it. It was Monica. And Winnie's like, I don't care who started it. Okay, so it's my fault. Monica's ridiculous. Okay. No, it's both of your faults. And remember that? That was when Whitney was alone with her children. And Lisa was like, fuck you. This is fucking bullshit. 
do not cuss in front of my kids, please. And that's when Bobby crashed in with the fucking golf cart. She got for her 13 year old birthday, hopped up on diet. Dr. Pepper, like what's going on, mom. I hear there's a Barlow causing trouble. I've got to go. I'm hopped up on diet caffeine and I fucking got a golf cart. Two hits, man. Me hitting you, you hitting the four. Let's go, Barlow. Let's go. I'm ready to wrestle. Please don't do it, Bobby. We got you that golf cart as a code of honor. Please. Anyways, back in this scene, Lisa's <laughs> Whitney in a talking head goes, in fact, Lisa was the first person that I told that Sherry had just passed. And we cut to Lisa laughing with all of these guys. Lisa is the only person that has not said, hey, Whitney, how are you doing? You know, how are you doing with your, your friend's passing? And so Whitney goes for her to act like I'm not even existing right now. It's just, it's hurtful. And we see Whitney noticing this in the scene while Lisa is just cackling with Heather Gay. And I mean, I don't know, maybe Lisa was just, I hate to make excuses for Lisa, but maybe Lisa was just trying to be light, you know, trying to be like, read the room and she couldn't read the room, you know? Anyways, we back at the party, we see all of these hors d'oeuvres, caviar is being served. Do you know Meredith Marks has a line of Meredith Marks caviar? Just think about those. Yeah, Seth's like, hey, I got your eggs right here. Hey, these eggs are from my wife and I'm putting them on these caviar eggs. Huh? Huh? Uh, and Seth's like, hey, the more you buy, the more you save with my wife's jewelry. So this lady's like, hey, thank you all for coming. Meredith appreciates it. We're we're featuring all this jewelry from Meredith Marks. We see everybody clapping in the room and Meredith gets up to make a speech. She's like, thank you for uh, for coming today. I'm, I'm just super, super excited to launch my new collection. It's called Plated by Meredith Marks. Plated by Meredith Marks sounds like a meal plan. Like, have you tried Plated? Oh my God, I've lost 10, power, 10 pounds by doing Plated by Meredith Marks. It's just three small meals and a lot of humility. So we're seeing the jewelry. Everybody's clapping. She's like, I just really want to thank, first and foremost, my husband, Seth Marks. And we see Seth in the crowd. He's like, what? You're, hey, you're fucking thanking me? This is amazing. I'm from Canton, Ohio. I've got a business. I run. This is amazing. Now I've got a hit podcast. This is amazing. Through this process, I had a lot of frustrations. Oh, I'm tired. He was always there to support me, Seth. Never stopping, never putting the brakes on. No, 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 no. He said, love, support, everything, you know. And we see a shot of Seth. He's like, yeah, I didn't put the brakes on. It's fucking all, all systems go with Seth Marks. Green means go, baby. All right. Yeah. He looks around. He kind of gives a little bow. He's like, yeah, it's, I did no breaks. But the whole plated collection ranges from about $50 to $500, which is amazing because of the jewelry that we've seen so far, like the price tag's $1,500. And Meredith goes, I'm really proud. I'm just, I'm really excited. Please feel free to come and try on, which by the way, thank God Jen Shaw isn't here because she would have fucking tried this jewelry on and just bounced. You know what I'm saying? We would have had a double prison sentence if Jen Shaw had been at this party. So everybody's just like applause, applause, hugging her, hugging her. We see everybody smiling. We see a shot of the drinks. And then Monica's like, oh my God, oh, this is so pretty. When I think Meredith and Lisa comes up to Whitney and Monica's like, are you guys looking at the poison and ring stardust? 
And when he's like, yes, I have this one. Yes. And Lisa's like, I can't get it back in. Oh my God. I'm taking this jewelry in and I can't get it back in. And Whitney's kind of just like, holy shit, you're still not saying anything. And Whitney's like, fine, I'm going to go say hi to John and Seth. I haven't seen them yet. And walks away from Lisa and Monica. So walks away from this. And then Monica's like, hey, Lisa. Okay, Lisa, I want to tell you something. And I'm like, oh shit. She goes, And this is genuine. Okay, this is genuine. And I was like, oh my God, Monica's about to go, you are the skankiest ass, wrinkliest bitch I've ever seen, bitch. You're like the grandma from Titanic. It's been 84 years. <laughs> no, but Monica goes, when we had our first lunch together, I really felt excited to have a relationship with you. I did. I did. And to be able to bond. And I think we just got so far left and it got so ugly and I'm owning my part in that. Right. I felt dirty and I say things that I don't mean. I don't ever want it to get that low again. I And she's like, I agree because we're smarter than that. And I respect you. You do a lot of things that I admire. Like truly, Lisa, you're an amazing mom. And then Lisa goes, you're really good at apologizing. <laughs> I love when Lisa's like, oh my God, she's complimenting me and it's working. This is amazing. And then Monica's like, I'm being serious. And Lisa's like, I know I am an amazing mom. And in a talking head, Lisa's like, this is the one time where I'm like, keep talking, Monica, keep talking. You're like this. You're like, keep it coming. And Monica goes in the scene. She's like, I feel like you have a senior and you know what I was going through with that mission. Yeah. Jack's going to Bogota, Colombia. So I'm like, yes, yes. And then Monica's like, oh my God, stop. He's going to Colombia. Yes. He's going to Colombia. Nobody told. And Monica's like, nobody told me. And Lisa's like, okay, you're finding out now. And Monica's like, oh my God, that it's so exciting. And she's like, yes, it's exciting. And Monica's like, the Colombian side of me is my dad. And I'm like, I felt so disconnected from that. Yeah. You know, a part of me, Lisa, is missing that I don't know. And it's my Colombian side. So that's really cool. Yeah, um, you've gone through trauma from what I'm understanding. And I think I've had trauma in friendships. Lisa not missing an opportunity to say that she has felt exactly what everybody else has felt. She's like, and I think that once I start to see like, okay, then it's like I pull back. And that's why she's like, that's why I apologize, Lisa, because I need to learn a different way because that's how I was raised. That's how I was raised. We're fine. We're fine. Okay. And Monica's like, I feel like we are, right? I feel good. So, hey, no harm, no foul. We're friends now. Monica and Lisa, that's all it took. We get a shot of Seth in the audience walking with Heather. How you doing? I'm Seth. I'm part of the plated collection. Yeah. We see drinks. We see the jewelry. We see people trying on the jewelry. People are looking fancy. People are cheersing. Meredith's laughing. <laughs> and Seth is with Heather. It's like, we need a man for Heather Gay. What's your perfect man, Heather? Stop compromising. I like that Seth's like, you like a big old cock? You like cocking balls? Do you like a big old anus? I'm Seth. What's your perfect man? Tell me, Heather Gay. Tell me. <laughs> and she's like, why do you think my 24-year-olds are compromised? <laughs> I think that's the, the the brass ring, Seth says. What would the physical features of your Kindle be, Seth says? Like, these are the things that are like, it's kind of positive, but it's kind of still pervy, where it's like, Seth, you know, you could just say what kind of personality. You're like, what are you, wait, what physical features fucking turn you? You like hard nips? What's going on there? You like fucking folds? 
You like a guy that's lost weight that still has some folds? You like stretch marks, babe? What's going on? And Heather's like smiling. She's like, he's faceless. He has a ski mask on. That's my perfect man. And so it's like, oh, is there a therapist in the house? <laughs> and then all of a sudden we see Lisa Barlow to Whitney. She's like, can I steal you for a second? I just want to ask one thing. So I'm like, oh, shit, this is amazing. What's going on? Um, and she's like, I had like a little lunch with Meredith and like, I felt the conversation was, I mean, not the best, but I thought we left fine. I mean, and then Whitney goes, I mean, I just, I, um, I just lost my best friend and life's too short. And Lisa's like, uh, just forgive me. Like, I don't have the capacity to deal with that right now. And Lisa's like, anything right now? Okay, well, I don't want to be insensitive. I was just asking. And then Monica's rubbing Whitney's back. She's like, who's rubbing my back? And Monica's like, oh, it's me. Oh, hi. Oh, I didn't realize. I'm sorry, you guys. Uh, I hate to interrupt for just a second, Monica says. Um, you guys, just something for like five minutes, she says. And pulls, um, you know, pulls Lisa and Whitney aside. And was he's like, I was talking. I don't know if I should keep talking to Whitney or not. I don't know. But then Monica's like, okay, guys, thank you for letting me have just five minutes of the, this event. And Meredith is even there. She's like, no, I appreciate it. It's great. It's great that you just paused my plate at event. But yeah. And Monica's like, hey, I just wanted to give you guys some Bermuda rum. Okay. I wanted to give you Bermuda rum. And Mary's like, yeah, okay, this is beautiful. Okay. And Heather's like, yeah, let's open that up. huh? And uh, these are malasadas. And Mary's like, malasadas. All right. Um, and Monica's like, we're going to rum country, right? We're going to rum country. And I'm really excited about Bermuda. I really am. My family is from there. I have family there now. And it's very special to me. My grandma was born there, ladies. My great-grandma and great-grandpa moved there to like build up Bermuda. And they're like, that's amazing. And I still have cousins and uncles there. So I'm going to meet up with my family. And they're like, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm excited. And uh, she's like, this isn't just a girl's trip. It's a chance for me to reconnect and meet up with family on my mother's side, which is like, you know, Vovo. Like maybe we don't want to meet up with the mother's side, right? And in a talking head, she's like, it's just very special for me because growing up without a father, I feel like half of me is completely missing. So I treasure anything. I do know about, I don't know, I do know about where I come from. And then the scene's like, cheers to Bermuda, bitches. And they're like, cheers to Bermuda, cheers to Bermuda, cheers to Bermuda. And Lisa's like, this is so cool. Thank you for doing this. She's like, I, and then Monica's like, I really do want to apologize. And Mary's like, no, it's super sweet. It's super sweet. It's, it's very thoughtful, you know, and uh, everybody's very happy. And Heather goes up to Monica. She's like, good job. Bounce back. You're a bounce back girl. You did it. You did it, Monica. And it's funny because they're just hugging really tightly and they're happy. And we know that this relationship fucking falls apart in Bermuda. So I'm so curious how this all happens. And Heather's like, food and rum, bitch. You did it, girl. You did it. More shots of people trying on jewelry. They do another price tag of these hoops. And it's not 1500 now. It's $2,650, the price tag. So now Lisa is like, what's new with you guys? The whole Jack's mission, the whole She's like, what's new with you guys? The whole Jack's mission thing? Uh, no, sorry. What's new with you guys? And then Seth's like, the whole Jack mission thing. I'm like obsessed with it. It's crazy, huh? 
It's crazy. I love Seth just small talking. And then we cut to Whitney talking to Brooks Marks. And Whitney's like, I'm, I've actually never lost a best friend. And Brooks is like, oh my God, girl, I'm so sorry, girl. And like pulls her in close for a hug. We see a shot of the pastries that Monica brought and some people were trying to grab one. She's like, you guys, this is not for everybody. These aren't treats for everybody, but you can have this bottle of rum and these, um, these, these uh, pastries right here because somebody didn't show, which I'm guessing is like Mary Cosby. This feels like a little fake scene. So Monica's really Monica's really a charming person. She makes scenes kind of work even with strangers. So now we're back to the Lisa scene. She's like, Le- Whitney, how are you doing? Are you okay? And when he's like, no, I think dealing with um, death is difficult. And Lisa's like, yes. And you don't know how to p- approach it with people. I'm sorry you lost someone so important to you. Like, And then Whitney goes, it hurts when you walk up and go right past me and go straight to Heather with gifts. Like, oh my God, Heather. And Lisa's like, no, oh my, she's like, oh my God, I love you. Here are these gifts. And then you look at me and you're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I need you to hug me. I need you to acknowledge. And Lisa immediately tries to hug her, but Whitney pulls back and Lisa's like, I'm sorry. I'm (laughs) sorry. I'm sorry about that, Whitney. I'm sorry. And when he just like looks blank faced and it's just stare, stares, we cut to commercial. I will say though, once somebody apologizes to Whitney, she keeps going though. It's like normal people be like, okay, we're good. But when he's like, you don't understand, I'm going to tell you what you did again, three or four more times. It's never going to register. I'm going to keep reminding you. So now we pick back up and Heather is looking at monica with the jewelry she's like oh my god look at this bling it's amazing and now we're back to whitney's like it hurts when you walk up and go right past it's like the same shit we just saw and go straight up to heather with gifts and then you look at me and you're like are you okay and i'm like no i'm not no i need you to acknowledge that i lost my best friend i'm sorry about that whitney i am I can't always keep a mental calculator of everything going on for everyone at all times and in all moments. And then Whitney's like, and I, I love, I love the thought of Lisa keeping a mental calculator. Just the thought of Lisa Bar, Lisa Barlow's mental calculator. I love that thought of just her tabulating calculations in Lisa Barlow's head because she would be just amazing. And Lisa Barlow's amazing at everything. I, I, She's like, when he's like, I've been talking to you about it for the last five days. And bitch, I texted you last night. Does she need an abacus to keep that? Does she need an abacus to keep that in check? It's been less than 24 hours. That was in a talking head. And Lisa's like, it wasn't about lack of concern for you, Whitney. Whitney, you're always, you're always important, which is like half ass. Lisa's like, and Lisa, by the way, doesn't really believe that. It's almost like Lisa, you know, like wait. You're a half important, Whitney. Like you can tell she half believes it. And Whitney's like, that's why I would just expect you to come to me first tonight and not Heather. And I texted you last night. Like I didn't text everyone. And Lisa's like, and I responded. I responded. I know you responded, but like the fact um, that I reached out to you to say, hey, this is what I'm going through. And you were more excited about giving Heather a gift. She's like, no, it was, com- no, no, that's not, that's not what happened. That is what happened. 
I was more excited. I went, it's like, Whitney, Whitney. Well, that's how it appeared to me, Lisa. Okay, well, that's not how it is. I tried to just suck it up, but like, okay, Whitney, 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 it hurt my feeling. Whitney, because I reached out to you. I'm sorry. I am not a, and Lisa's like, I'm not a perfect person. And she's like, but maybe you could have been like, maybe like, oh, Whitney, like, hey, Whitney, I should see her first and then Heather. And she's like, you know what? I did in that moment. I did it in that moment. That's what I explained. But I, I just finished a conversation with John and Seth, but I'm a good person. And when he's like, you're not a bad person. and I care about you, but I think you were lacking self-awareness right now. And I think it's triggering that like, you know, and she's like, seeing me talk to Heather, it's like, whatever. It wasn't okay. Well, I'm just making sure. This is a very cute and confusing conversation because Lisa Barlow does not like to admit defeat, and Whitney just keeps fucking beating a dead horse. Like, it's like, I, I like these scenes because I, I truly wonder if Whitney, this is truly how she's feeling or she's like really trying to make a moment, really trying to get all the meat out of the bones. So uh, in a talking head, Lisa's like, when Whitney texted me that her friend Sherry had passed, I felt so horrible. I sent flowers for her this morning to let her know I'm thinking of her and I know that it's going to be such a hard time, but we're in public. I don't know how fragile she is. And like for me, I plug through things. I want to be quiet about it. So I did not want to say anything that could like upset her because I don't know how Whitney handles grief. And now we're back in the scene and when he's like, you are the first person I texted you and Angie and you chose to give Heather a gift last week. You and Heather were at each other. She's like, well, you have flowers. You have flowers here. I got you flower. Thank you. There are flowers on the way to your house. But last week you were at each other's throats and had a major problem with each other's Heather's exempt for this. Heather, Heather. And no, it isn't because it was just rubbed in my face that day. Like, um, oh, I need Lisa. Like, it just felt really fake, Lisa. It felt like, why are you going up to Heather and giving her a gift that when you, she is not a good friend? Like, well, you have flowers on the way to your I don't care about flowers. I want you, Lisa. When the fuck did this become single white female? Like, what? Whitney's like, I need you, Lisa. No, you don't. Like, what is going on? How fake are we? You don't need Lisa, Whitney. Are you kidding me? You need what? What am I watching here? And Lisa's just like, what the fuck is going on? And Monica and Heather and Meredith, they all notice this. And then Whitney walks out and Lisa's like, where are you going? Why are you leaving? Stop. And Monica's like, Whitney and Lisa just stormed out. And Heather's like, they stormed out? Why? And she's like, I don't know. I'm just glad it's not me today. I love how every housewife feels like, thank God, it's just not me. That's what they all see in these seasons. Like, thank God. So we go back out to this fight. And Whitney's like, everything's about you, Lisa. No, it's not. No, it's not. And I think that you can. I'm sorry for your loss. It is, Lisa. And I'm always there for you. No, I'm so sorry. Always there for you. No, I'm so sorry. I just need, I'm sorry for your loss. I just need you for one minute to be there for me. And Lisa walks one way. Heather walks one way. And then production's like, Lisa, we need you to check your mic before you leave. We cut to Meredith talking to John Barlow. And Meredith's like, wow, this is crazy. And John's like, well, if it's not one thing, it's another. You know, uh, it just, that was it. That was tough. Whitney was upset. 
did you see this? Did you see this? And John's like, well, I did. I saw them walk back and forth. And we cut to Lisa Barlow, like trying to rip her mic off. This is what I'm telling like housewives need to be fined for. And the lady is just trying to like get her mic off safely to not ruin like a thousand pieces, you know, a thousand dollar piece of equipment. And Lisa's like upset. She's like, like literally, oh my God. I, you know what you want to see about putting people? Why don't you like keep like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's so wild when lisa she's like oh my god motherfucker like literally you know what you want to see about putting people first why don't you like keep your fucking mouth shut no 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 you're not putting that mic back on me you're not putting that back on and we see heather and lisa like are aware and john's like what what's now i'm so fucking sick about these people i'm so what 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 happened what'd she say what'd she say and lisa like runs out and then whitney comes back into the party and then it's like next time on the real housewives of salt lake city we see the ladies jet off to bermuda we see them cheersing we see them running on white sand beaches whitney falls into the ocean heather screams shark everybody's laughing and meredith goes who has the room with the bathtub in it somehow i got one without a bathtub you know one thing about meredith mark she deserves a fucking bathtub that's where she does her best best work it's like if there's a fucking closet with mannequins you know mary cosby's gonna need it she does her best work in there and monica's like or lisa's like i understand meredith has an obsession with bathtubs and i have one too and i'm not giving my bathtub up and then we see heather gay and lisa barlow both in gigantic sunglasses talking to each other and they seem to be kind of fighting and uh, Whitney then at a dinner table and another scene goes, Lisa, you hurt my feelings. She's like, you treated me shitty at Meredith's event, Whitney. I guess you had a conversation with Heather when I would said I'm self-absorbed and you're helping me. It's like, what are you talking about? And Heather's like, I had a really hard conversation with Lisa. And for you to even sit there and say like, so now Heather and Whitney are having a fight and Whitney's like, fuck you, Heather gay. And that's, <laughs> that's the episode folks. Oh my God, we got through it. Oh, this is one of my shittiest recaps I've ever done. Don't you feel good for wasting two hours of your life? But I thank God that you did. I love you guys so, so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, but please come back for the Beverly Hills recap on Friday. I'm gonna knock that. I'm gonna knock that podcast. I'm gonna knock that recaps dick into the dirt. Like I'm gonna kill it. Uh, I love you guys. Goodbye. If you like this podcast, rated five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Bye. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.